Is it time for a new heating and cooling system? Turn to the experts at Griffith Energy Services and Carrier today and get 0% financing for 18 months on a new heating and cooling system. Get the comfort you deserve from Griffith Energy Services and Carrier. Visit GriffithEnergyServices.com today for this and other exclusive offers. That's GriffithEnergyServices.com. License number MDHVACR01-2278. Griffith Energy Services. Doggone dependable. Welcome to the Sports Angle, live in Las Vegas, the entertainment capital of the world. I'm your host, Rocco Kelly. Let's get into it. The sports world has had a crazy 48 hours. There's also been a lot of discussion, a lot of conversation that has gone down in the last 48 hours. And one of the biggest conversations that have been going on is what is going on right now in Minnesota. Now, on Monday, the Minnesota Twins-Boston Red Sox game was postponed. The Minnesota Timberwolves game was postponed. And the Minnesota Wild game were all postponed due to safety and sensitivity concerns in the Minnesota cities after the police shooting a day earlier after what happened to Deontay Wright. Well, what happened today with today's game against the Minnesota Twins and the Boston Red Sox, the Minnesota Twins held a moment of silence prior to the game. From what I do know, the Minnesota Timberwolves and Minnesota Wild are either going to or have done the same thing. Now, I'm not going to get into the politics side of this. All right, I'm not going to go left. I'm not going to go right. I'm not going to go democratic. I'm not going to go republic. That's not what this show's about. What I'm going to do is simply talk about the community. I simply want to talk about Minnesota. And more importantly, I want to talk about the people in Minnesota to begin with, because there is one thing I really want to say. Anytime a situation like this happens, when what happened in Milwaukee during the NBA bubble, what happened in Minnesota, not even a calendar year later, what happened in 2020. The one thing I have noticed and the one thing I have observed is that the community will band together. That you have seen people in the community that will join together. Some of them will be peaceful. Some of them will be, you know, very, very confrontational. But I do pick up on the fact that when something bad does happen, the community rallies together. To give you a perfect example, let's go to Las Vegas. Since we are here in the entertainment capital of the world, in 2017, when that terrorist attack happened, when that shooting happened uh, at the Mandalay Bay, when he had Vegas strong, the community here in Las Vegas They came together and they became a unit here in Las Vegas. In 1996, when they had the Olympic bombing in Atlanta, 
Well, I saw what they did in Atlanta in 96, the city of Atlanta grouped together. In 2001, what happened with 9-11? In New York, the people in New York, New Yorkers, they all came together regardless of what borough they were in. So the angle I'm going to go with here is not going to be about the Twins postponing the game. My angle is not going to be about the Twins holding a moment of silence uh, prior to the game. And my angle isn't even about the event itself. My angle is simply this. For the community in Minnesota, for all the people that were born there, for all the people who have been raised there, for all the people who currently live in Minnesota, you have the world watching you. You have a spotlight. You have a camera zoomed in on you. The entire world is watching you. So my angle is that if you want to rally as a community, then rally as a community. But do not make it, you know, you know after a week, just go back to doing what you do. What I'm saying is that if for the community out there in Minnesota, if, it's, if you do it peacefully, do it peacefully. If you want to do it by your own accord, then do it by your own accord. I'm not going to tell you what to do. I mean, that's the United States of America. You have your First Amendment rights. What I'm going to say to you is that as a community out there in Minnesota, you need to rally together, just like you did a year ago with the George Floyd situation. And you need to show the world what Minnesota is about. Because the world, they only get to see Minnesota a couple of times a year. Majority of the world doesn't really see a city unless something bad happens and they're looking at the aftermath. So that's my angle. That's my advice to Minnesota is if you want the world to see Minnesota for what it is, then you need to rally together, but you need to do it in the right way. You need to group together. You need to bear arms and you need to say, hey, I'm with you, you're with me, and let's show the world what Minnesota is really about. That's my angle, and that's all I'm going to say about the Minnesota situation. So the Minnesota Twins, Minnesota Wild, and Minnesota Timberwolves, they postponed their games on Monday, and the Minnesota Twins held a moment of silence prior to their Red Sox game uh, today. So that is my angle. That is what I'm going to say about the situation in Minnesota. And I'm going to say that what happened with Deontay Wright, very unfortunate. I mean, awful situation. It shouldn't have happened. And I'm going to say that live on the air. So this is the Sports Angle. I'm your host, Rocco Kelly. Follow us on social media at the Sports Angle. And go to our website, thesportsangle.com. Check out all the information, articles, blogs, live streams, everything we have on there at the Sports Angle, sportsangle.com. When we come back here on the show, we're going to get into the NHL trade deadline here on the Sports Angle. I will go over the four winners and the four losers of the NHL trade deadline. I'm, the, I'm your host, Rocco Rakelli. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this.
Welcome back to the Sports Angle live in Las Vegas, the entertainment capital of the world. I'm your host, Rocco Raquelli. Let's get back into it. We are here talking about the MLB uh, power rankings later in the show. Stay tuned for that. But until then, we are going to go into the winners and the losers of the NHL trade deadline. Now, what we're going to do here on the show is we are going to have four teams that won the NHL trade deadline, and there are going to be four teams that lost the NHL trade deadline. I'm going to make it fair down the middle, 4-1, four, 4 lost, and we're going to get into that here on the Sports Angle. I'm your host, Rocco Raquelli. So the first team that won, the first team that won the NHL trade deadline is the Boston Bruins. The Boston Bruins in this NHL trade deadline, they went out and got not only a former NHL MVP in Taylor Hall and only had to retain 50% of the salary, by the way, but they also acquired a solid bottom six forward and Curtis Lazar. I want you to think about this for a second. The Boston Bruins acquired not one, but two solid pieces uh, from the Boston Bruins. And what did they have to give up to get Taylor Hall and Curtis Lazar? You must think they would have had to give up a couple of draft picks, right? Nope. You must have think they would have had to give up a first-round pick to get Taylor Hall. Nope. Well, if that wasn't it, they would have had to give up a top prospect, right? No. The Boston Bruins got Taylor Hall and Curtis Lazar for only a bottom six forward and Anders Burke and a second round pick in 2021. It is a laughing stock, and we'll get into Buffalo later, but it is laughable that Boston only had to give up a second and a bottom six forward to get a bottom six forward and Curtis Lazar, who has potential, and a former MVP in Taylor Hall. Also, on, at the NHL trade deadline, they went out and acquired defenseman Mike Riley from the Ottawa Senators. They only had to give up a mid-round draft pick to make that happen. So in the span of 24 hours, the Boston Bruins, who are the fourth seed in the East Division, they went out and acquired a second-line defenseman. They went out and acquired a bottom-line forward. And they went out and acquired a former NHL MVP who will be on their top six. There is no doubt in my mind that the Boston Bruins are the first winners of this uh, NHL trade deadline. There's no doubt in my mind that they are the absolute winners here when it comes to the NHL trade deadline. Now, the first losers on my list, the first team that is an absolute loser at the NHL trade deadline, this really shouldn't surprise anybody, but it is the Buffalo Sabres. Now, for the people out there in Buffalo, you're going to want to turn your head for a bit. Okay, for the people out there in Buffalo, you're not going to like me, 
You're probably not going to really like this conversation, but it needs to happen. Not only did you waste Taylor Hall, not only did you not get a first-round pick for Taylor Hall, but you also traded one of your best defensemen in Brandon Montour, a defenseman you traded a first-round pick for last year, and you traded him to Florida for only a third-round pick in the 2021 NHL draft. So Buffalo got double whammied on this NHL trade deadline. They went out and traded a former NHL MVP for pretty much nothing. And then you trade a defenseman who you traded a first-round pick for, and you didn't even get a second-round pick for him. So Buffalo is an absolute loser here when it comes to the NHL trade deadline. There's no doubt in my mind that they are the first loser on my list when it comes to the 2021 NHL trade deadline. Now, the second team I have that are winners, and I have to explain this, but the second team I have as winners when it comes to the NHL trade deadline is the New Jersey Devils. Now, why do I say New Jersey? It's because the New Jersey Devils are rebuilding. The New Jersey Devils know that they are not going to be among the best teams in all the NHL. So they did something smart. They got rid of players that they knew that they did not need anymore. They got rid of players that they knew and that they knew they didn't have to be responsible for after this point. I like that. I like the fact that New Jersey has understood what was going to happen here. So they took advantage of it. And how did they take advantage of it, you might ask? Simple. They traded Dmitry Kokolev to the Edmonton Oilers for a fourth-round pick. They trade Kyle Palmieri and Travis Zajac, two long-term members of the New Jersey Devils, for two prospects, a first-round pick, and a fourth-round pick. Now, that on its own would be great. However, that wasn't it. They also put Sammy Vatanen on waivers and allowed him to go somewhere else. That allowed them to take his contract and not have him be on their payroll anymore. He's the Dallas Stars problem now. And Nikita, and Nikita Gusev. Nikita Gusev. Vegas Gold Knights fans, you're going to recognize that name. Because the New Jersey Devils placed him on waivers, and he got picked up by the Florida Panthers. They're no longer the New Jersey Devils problem. So, in only a couple of days, the New Jersey Devils got rid of one, two, three, four, five players and saved them a bunch of money in the process and allowing them to rebuild properly. So, I'm going to say the New Jersey Devils are the second winners of the NHL trade deadline because they're making smart moves to get a rebuild. Hey, Kellen, you brought up a solid point. The Buffalo Sabres are having a fire sale. To be honest with you, I'm surprised they didn't trade Jack Eichel to Toronto. I'm really surprised that the Buffalo Sabres did not trade Rasmus Ristolainen. I'm surprised they didn't trade uh, Lennis Olmark. 
because the Buffalo Sabres, I would have assumed would have made more bad trades. But, I mean, they already did enough damage with Taylor Hall, Curtis Lazar, and Brandon Montour. So we're still going over the winners and the losers of the NHL trade deadline. First two winners were the Boston Bruins and New Jersey Devils. The first loser was the Buffalo Sabres. And the second team that's going to join them on that list is the Arizona Coyotes. Well, Rocco, the Arizona Coyotes didn't make any moves at the trade deadline. How did they lose exactly? Well, I'm going to explain this. The Arizona Coyotes have the fourth and final seed in the West. They are battling with St. Louis. They are battling with San Jose. I mean, LA, Anaheim technically are still in there. They haven't been eliminated yet. But what surprises me about Arizona is that they haven't made any moves at all, despite the fact that they gave up Drake Cagula on waivers. They allowed him to go to Buffalo. The Arizona Coyotes, they need to make moves. The Arizona Coyotes don't have a first-round pick because of the simple fact that they got caught manipulating the NHL draft. So they were forced to forfeit their first round pick. The Arizona Coyotes could have definitely traded some of their assets like a Phil Kessel to get a first round pick back, but they did not do that. Let's also talk about the fact that because of their injuries at goaltending with Darcy Cumper and Antiranta, they could have traded for a goaltender, but instead Arizona did nothing. They could have went out and got some more defensemen. Arizona did nothing. And Arizona is looking at Minnesota. They made moves. They looked at Colorado. They made moves. Las Vegas, even they made a move. Arizona did nothing. I think the reason why I have them as my second loser at the NHL trade deadline is simply because this was the moment to make a move and solidify yourself as the fourth and final seed in the West. Arizona did not do that. And because of that, I am going to say on the record that they are not going to make the NHL playoffs. With all the moves everyone else made in the West, I do not have Arizona making it. So I have them being the second loser uh, on the NHL trade deadline. And then the next loser I have on my list are the Edmonton Oilers. Now, the Edmonton Oilers, I have them as a loser for the simple fact you needed to build around Connor McDavid. You needed to build off of Leon Dreisaitl. You have Chris Russell. You have Tyson Berry. You have Caleb Jones. I mean, Mike Smith is playing on his head right now but he is almost 40 years old. If there was any time for Edmonton to get a younger goaltender, it would have been now. If Edmonton wanted to get somebody on the bottom six to help Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, they should have done it now. The biggest problem with Edmonton, and I've said this over and over again, the Edmonton Oilers are not serious enough about winning a championship. Ken Holland is not serious enough about winning a championship in Edmonton. 
if he was, they would trade James Neal to a team to go get something in return. If they were serious about a run, they would take their draft capital and they would trade to bring somebody in to help out Connor McDavid. The problem is, and the true reality of the situation, is the Edmonton Oilers do not want to win. Ken Holland is consistent. He is complacent with just making the playoffs and getting eliminated in the first round. It's like he didn't leave Detroit. Like, seriously, Ken Holland's brain is stuck on that 25-year playoff streak. And his entire goal is for Edmonton to make the playoffs. So because of them only making one move that was not goaltending, I have the Edmonton Oilers as my next loser when it comes to the NHL trade deadline. We're going to go to the comments here on the sports angle. Your angle will be heard here on the show. The Devils are like the Bears. Get rid of them all. Hey, you know what? The Chicago Bears, at least when they are losing, at least the fans can have fun consuming as much alcohol as humanly possible. Jack Eichel, not up for sale. Kellen, you understand hockey better than anyone else. Wayne Gretzky was for sale. Mark Messier was for sale. Yamer Yager was for sale. Trust me, Kellen, for the right price, any player in hockey is for sale. If Edmonton got a King's ransom for Connor McDavid, he would be for sale. If the Washington Capitals in the early 2010s would have gotten a a huge offer for Alex Ovechkin, he would have been for sale. And if you ask people in Pittsburgh if they could get a couple of first-round picks for Sidney Crosby, they would listen to that too. Because the story is in hockey – They want to win now. And when you build your franchise around youth, there's there's so much that money and prospects and players can bring to the table. So I will not be surprised, Kellen, if Jack Eichel is gone from Buffalo by October. That's my angle. I will put it on the record right now. I'm going to predict by October 2021, Jack Eichel is going to be wearing a different uniform. He will not be in Buffalo by October of 2021. Because I do not see in in the alternate future a Jack Eichel putting on a smile and playing for Buffalo, knowing he can go to a place like the Colorado Avalanche, when he knows that he can come down to a team like the Vegas Golden Knights. Maybe he can go down to Minnesota and be out there with the wild. There are so many teams that could use a Jack Eichel. I do not see a future where Jack Eichel is not uh, somewhere else by October of next year. And Kellen, you probably didn't want to hear that, but it's the truth. And deep down, if you look in your heart, you know I'm right. All them players we traded was one-year player contracts. It was win now when we signed them. Now, Taylor Hall, I understand that. Curtis Lazar was interesting. But Brandon Montour, I don't think, was a one-year contract. I mean, you traded a first-round pick for him last year. So I think that he might have been an unrestricted free agent 
at the end of the year, but I don't think he was a one-year deal. I mean, to me, I think Buffalo really messed up with that trade, but we are going to continue our conversation here on the Sports Angle with the NHL trade deadline. I want to thank everyone who's watching right now here on the, uh, here on the Sports Angle. So we have done the loser so far, and that is the Buffalo Sabres, the Arizona Coyotes, and the Edmonton Oilers. Let's shift back over to the winner's side, and that is going to be the San Jose Sharks. Now, hold on. Hear me out. All the people in Las Vegas, put your pitchforks away. I have a very good explanation for why San Jose is on this list. The San Jose Sharks might be the best broker in the NHL. And I know some of you think I'm kidding, but no, I'm dead serious. San Jose might be the best middleman, the best broker in all of the NHL. When the Chicago Blackhawks and the Vegas Golden Knights couldn't figure out the, the salary situation, San Jose all of a sudden pops up out of nowhere and they retained 50% of Mattis Janmark's salary, allow him to come to Vegas, and they get a fifth-round pick from Vegas in return. Let's also talk about the fact that they were used as a broker once again in the Nick Foligno deal. Nick Foligno was being sent from Toronto over uh, at, from Columbus, but Toronto could not afford his salary. So once again, in order to get the services of San Jose, Toronto sent over a fourth round pick. San Jose picked half of Nick Foligno's contract and Nick Foligno is now in Toronto. Let's also talk about how the fact that they acquired Greg Bertarin and a fifth round pick and they gave up their goaltender and Devin Dubnik. The San Jose Sharks are winners in this NHL trade deadline because of the fact that they helped Chicago, Vegas, Columbus, Toronto. Heck, they even helped the defending reigning Stanley Cup champions. Well, Tampa Bay got traded Frederick Cleason from San Jose, and they only had to give up an AHL prospect to make it happen. So I'm going to say because of them being the best brokers in the NHL, I'm going to go with the San Jose Sharks as a winner on the NHL trade deadline. The fourth loser I have on my, on my list, the fourth team that I say has lost when it comes to the NHL trade deadline, that is the Pittsburgh Penguins. The reason I have Pittsburgh as a loser in this deal is because they paid a good uh, amount of money and a good amount of draft capital to acquire an aging veteran in Jeff Carter. Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle 
is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Now, for the people in Pittsburgh, you already don't like what's going on out there, but I will go into more detail just to rub salt in the wound. So Jeff Carter is a 36-year-old center from the Los Angeles Kings. Yes, he won a couple of Stanley Cups in L.A., but he has only had 19 points in 2021. And when you compare his 66 points in 2017, he has gone massively downhill ever since. Let's also talk about the fact that since 2016, he has not recorded a point in the playoffs with the L.A. Kings. That's alarming. So Jeff Carter is no longer the guy he is, but yet the Pittsburgh Penguins gave up a third and a fourth to the L.A. Kings in order to get Jeff Carter. I mean, the Pittsburgh Penguins are already older with Chris Letang. They're already older with Sidney Crosby, Evagenie Mulkin. There's a lot of older guys in Pittsburgh, and I don't think Jeff Carter is going to help them win a championship anytime soon. So because of that, I have the Pittsburgh Penguins as losers at the NHL trade deadline. And then the fourth and final winner I have at the NHL trade deadline is a surprise pick. Yes, this is going to be really interesting, folks. The fourth team I have that won the NHL trade deadline is the Carolina Hurricanes. The reason I say this, first off, they made a defenseman swap. The Carolina Hurricanes sent Hayden Fleury to Anaheim. They got back Johnny uh, Hukapua, and they got a six-round pick also in that deal. But let's talk about what they also got with this uh, trade they were allowed to free up their defensive core. And because of that, Carolina has one of the strongest six defensemen in all of hockey. They have Slate, they have Slavin, and they have Hamilton on the first line. They have uh, Sketchy, and they have Pesci on the second line. And they have Jake Gardner and Jake Bean on that that, uh, third line for Carolina. I mean, all of those guys are top-level defensemen in hockey. And outside of Jake Gardner, all of those guys are under the age of 27. So the Carolina Hurricanes are doing something right with their defensive core. Let's also talk about the fact that they did not do anything to disrupt that top six. And that top six with Nekis, with Trucek, with Niederreiter, Fast, you know, um, you know, Ao and uh, Shvetikov, the Carolina Hurricanes top six, I will say on the record, is among the best in hockey. And the fact that they did not interrupt that, they did not disrupt that situation is best for business. So before we go to break, I will recap once again, the four teams I have as winners at the NHL trade deadline and the four teams I have as losers at the NHL trade deadline. The winners I have are the Boston Bruins. I have the New Jersey Devils. I have the San Jose Sharks. 
and the Carolina Hurricanes. The four losers at the NHL trade deadline are the Buffalo Sabres, the Arizona Coyotes, the Edmonton Oilers, and the Pittsburgh Penguins. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Let me know in the chat down below or go to our social media, hashtag the sports angle. Now, when is slash was the NHL trade deadline? Ethan, that was yesterday. So Sunday and Monday was the NHL trade deadline. There was a lot of moves that were made, but I just went over the most important ones that took effect. And if you're a Buffalo Sabres fan, you obviously didn't like that I have them as losers at the NHL trade deadline. And Ethan, I mean, look, if you're a Buffalo Sabres fan, I understand why you would give up on hockey. But hey, why don't you go over to Long Island and become an Islanders fan? Hooray! There you go. Problem solved. Don't give up on hockey just yet. You actually got a good team in New York called the Islanders. <laughs> so uh, we're going to come back from break here on the sports angle. We're going to get into our top 10 teams in MLB. We're going to do our MLB power rankings here on the sports angle. I'm your host, Rocco Rakelli. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this here on the sports angle.
Welcome back to the Sports Angle live in Las Vegas, the entertainment capital of the world. I'm your host, Rocco Raquelli. Let's get back into it. Now, in the comments, someone brought up a really great point. Hockey is a great sport. Wish all sports had hockey's constant intensity and speed. Actually, there is one like it. It is called MMA. I mean, MMA has intensity. It has speed. I mean, you can watch a UFC fight, and within half a minute, it's over. If that's the type of speed you're looking for, then definitely that's the sport that you will like. Now, we're going to get into our MLB top 10, you know, our MLB power rankings here on the sports angle. How we're going to do it is we will go from 10 to 1, and uh, when we get to 5, I will recap 10 to 6, and then when we go all the way to 1, I will recap everybody once again for the new people who just joined in. So at number 10 in my MLB power rankings, I'm going to go with the Philadelphia Phillies. I mean, their bullpen has really, really affected them over the last couple of games. And let's also talk about the fact that they have had a 5-1 record to begin the year. Let's also talk about the fact that they had some really good chances to win games in the last couple of days. And with them having a stacked lineup, this team could win the AL, uh, win the NL East. But for now, I'm going to have the Philadelphia Phillies, who are 6-4, and four, at the number 10 spot on my list. At number 9, I'm going to go with the 6-4 and four Milwaukee Brewers. Look, let's just talk about Milwaukee and let's talk about what we know out there in Wisconsin. The Milwaukee Brewers have one of the best top two starting pitchers in baseball. Burns and Woodruff have been one of the most lights-out pitchers in MLB. I would know they faced the Cubs earlier this month, and they absolutely put a whooping on, those, on that team. Let's also talk about the fact that their offense, even though there are some question marks, has been getting the job done in Milwaukee. So at number nine, at six and four, I have the Milwaukee Brewers on uh, at number nine in my MLB power rankings. At number eight on my list, I have the Boston Red Sox. I mean, they went six and oh in one week. I mean, the Boston Red Sox, ever since getting swept to begin opening day, haven't lost a game since. I mean, Boston is seven and three. They have not lost a game in a week and a half. Let's also talk about the fact that J.D. Martinez is leading baseball in home runs, leading uh, MLB in RBIs, and J.D. Martinez looks like his old self. Also, Rafael Devers has become one of the most consistent, dominant hitters in Major League Baseball. So at number eight, I have the seven and three Boston Red Sox at number seven. I wouldn't have had this team on here a couple of days ago. I wouldn't have had this team here at the beginning of the season, but at number seven, I have the Anaheim angels, Shohei Otani, Mike Trout, Anthony Rendon has been among the best two, three, four hitters in all baseball. I mean, that lineup, is deadly. They're starting pitching, even though they're among the worst in MLB, 
their bullpen and Rossiel Iglesias has been getting the job done. Their hitting has been managing to outperform the pitching. And if the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim and the Orange County, you know what, if they are still going to dominate, if they want to get Mike Trout to his second playoff appearance in his career, they're obviously in the right direction right now. So at number seven, I have the seven and three uh, Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim on my list. At number six, I have their, their AL West counterpart right above them, and that is the Houston Astros. Now, I understand that Houston is six and four. I understand that they had a really tough outing to the athletics. I also understand they've been having a hard time with Detroit. But there's one thing I have to explain. They have one of the best plus minus uh, differentials in all of MLB. Let's also talk about the fact that majority of their starting lineup is hitting above 290. And their pitching staff, despite them not having Verlander, despite them losing Valdez, despite them losing Pedro Baez, they have been producing solid outings every single time. The Houston Astros are managing to get the job done when a lot of people considered them a goner at the beginning of the year. So at number six, I have the Houston Astros, and I think the Astros and Angels are going to have a tough fight in the AL West. So before we get into the top five of the MLB power rankings, I will recap 10 to six once again. At number 10, the Philadelphia Phillies. At number nine, the Boston Red Sox. At number eight, the uh, Milwaukee Brewers. At number seven, the Anaheim Angels. And number six, the Houston Astros. So we're going to get into the top five of my MLB power rankings. And at number five, I swear I would have never had these guys here a month ago. I mean, I had them as among the worst in Major League Baseball in my power rankings earlier in the year. But man, shout out to Josh Bailey if he's listening right now. Because your San Francisco Giants are doing something that I would have never expected. I mean, they nearly swept the San Diego Padres. They swept the Colorado Rockies. And they have this starting pitcher. I can't pronounce his last name, but I'm going to give it a shot. Anthony Descalafini. I mean, he has been lights out. He has an ERA below one right now. And they have Jake McGee who has been 100% in terms of save opportunities so far for the San Francisco Giants. I mean, they really haven't had an elite closer since a guy named Brian Wilson was out there in San Francisco. So is it a overreaction to have San Francisco at number five? Most likely. But from what I have watched in San Francisco, this team could be a shocker in MLB. At number four, I have the Minnesota Twins. I mean, this Minnesota team has been the definition of shocking. I mean, this Twins team, they have one of the highest run differentials in baseball. Byron Buxton is turning into a superstar. Nelson Cruz is defeating Father Time. And 
their ERA in terms of starting pitching is in top five in all of baseball. So when you have a top five starting pitching staff, you have a top three run differential, and you have been putting up solid results in that AL Central. I'm going to go with the Minnesota Twins at number four, and we are going to stay in the Central Division, but we're going to move over to the National League because I have at the bronze medal, the Cincinnati Reds. Yeah, this is a shocker too, folks. I wouldn't have had them here at the beginning of the year. But the 7-3 and three Cincinnati Reds, I have them at the number three spot in the MLB Power Rankings. Their offense is ranked number one in all of baseball. They lead MLB in batting average. They lead MLB in OPS. They lead MLB in home runs. And they lead MLB in runs scored. Tyler uh, Nyquin has been one of the best offseason signings in all of baseball. And their starting pitching has been backing up their, uh, their paychecks. So I have the Cincinnati Reds at three, at number two, and at number one. I'm going to be in the same division. And, and, and a lot of people are going to be shocked by this. Some people are not going to be shocked by this. But I don't care. I'm going to go with who I think are among the best in MLB. So I have at number two, the San Diego Padres. I mean, they have the best ERA in baseball. Their pitching staff has been phenomenal. And Joe Musgrove, that no-hitter, was exceptional. Their their starting rotation, even without Fernando Tatis Jr., has been clutch. And the only reason why the San Diego Padres are not higher on my list is because there's a team in their division who is eight and two. There is a team in their division that are the reigning defending um, world series champions. That's right. I have the Los Angeles Dodgers as the number one team for the second week in a row here on the sports angle power rankings in MLB. I mean, once again, the same argument I had for last week. I could not make a realistic argument. I could not do this list and make an actual conclusion that the Dodgers are not the best team in baseball. Their hitting has been clutch. Their pitching has been lights out. Their bullpen been getting the job done. Clayton Kershaw looks like he turned back the clock eight years. Trevor Bauer, when he's not being investigated by MLB, is putting up solid performances. Walker Buehler is looking like a Cy Young candidate. The Los Angeles Dodgers are the best team in baseball, so I'm going to recap my rankings one more time before we go to break. So at number 10, we have the Philadelphia Phillies. At number 9, the Milwaukee Brewers. Number 8, the Boston Red Sox. Number 7, the Anaheim Angels, number six, the Houston Astros, number five, San Francisco Giants, number four, Minnesota Twins, number three, Cincinnati Reds, number two, San Diego Padres, and at number one, the Los Angeles Dodgers. So I want to know from you, the audience, do you agree? Do you disagree with my list? Let me know down below in the chat. And when we come back from break, 
when we come back from break, we will get into the future of Major League Baseball. And I'm going to talk about four starting pitchers that you have to watch out for in MLB. But that will be when we come back from break. I will get into the comments right now to end the segment. Raphael Devers, five home runs in the last four games. I mean, the Boston Red Sox have among the best hitters in Major League Baseball. Raphael Devers has been a big part of that. The Astros, the Astros. I mean, common Rocco statistics do not matter. It's play on the field. Well, if you've been watching the Houston Astros, you would know that they are among one of the best in Major League Baseball. You also will know that when it comes to the Houston Astros, when their uh, guys are lighting up those bats, there is nobody that can beat them in Major League Baseball. Also, you say that the that if they stumbled with the A's, then pick the A's next from Las Vegas. The reason why I can't pick the Oakland Athletics is simply put, they started the season one and seven. How can I realistically pick a team that started the season one and seven? Okay. I mean, you realize what you're asking me, right? You're asking me to pick a team that was outscored 35 to nine in the first four games of the season. So I can't do that. That's why I couldn't pick the Oakland Athletics. And Johnny Cueto looking like his former self. I absolutely agree. I mean, I like the little shimmy that Johnny Cueto does when he is on the mound. And when it comes to the San Francisco Giants, I believe that they have a bright future in Major League Baseball. And I think that the Major League Baseball that we know is going to be very excited to have Johnny Cueto back to what he normally is. And you brought the Seattle Mariners. I got a lot of flack for saying Seattle was going to be good this year. And they're six and four right now. I mean, I had Seattle a little under my top 10. And I think that they're going to be doing a very solid performance out there in Seattle. Musgrove was only a hit by pitch shy of a perfect game. I mean, that's crazy, isn't it? That Joe Musgrove was a hit by pitch away from a perfect game. I mean, to me, that's just an insane situation that happened in San Diego. So we're going to come back from break and we'll get into four starting pitchers that I believe are the future of Major League Baseball. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this quick uh, break here on The Sports Angle.
Welcome back to the Sports Angle live in Las Vegas, the entertainment capital of the world. I'm your host, Rocco Raquelli. Well, we'll get let's get back into it. Now, before we went to break, I told all of you that there are four starting pitchers that I believe are the future of Major League Baseball. And I was going to tell you who they are. The first one, we're going to go to San Diego. And we're going to talk about 22-year-old Adrian Morjan. Now, this guy came from Cuba. But I look at his stats over the last couple of years. And this guy screams to me future potential in Major League Baseball. Uh, Yes, he has a 3.86 ERA in two games so far, but here's one statistic that they're going to not tell you about. It's the fact that this guy, when it comes to his walks plus hits over innings pitched, is 1.5. Let's also talk about the fact that when this guy has also been in the minors, he has been lighting up. uh, He's been lighting up in terms of strikeouts. I mean, this guy had 74 strikeouts in 2018, and then he had 44 strikeouts in limited appearances in 2019. Let's also talk about the fact that this guy, coming from San Diego, he is somebody that you look at and go, okay, he was in the 2019 MLB Futures game. This guy was a 2018 midseason all-star in the minor leagues. This guy is 22 years old, came over from Cuba, and from what I understand, has a nasty variety of pitches. So this guy is the first one on my list. The second one, I have 23-year-old Casey Maisie from the Detroit Tigers. This guy, 1-0 to start the season, has an ERA below 1, and it's currently in two games already, has had nine strikeouts, and a WHIP of 1.18. So watch out for this guy, former number one overall pick in 2018. He is going to be the future in Detroit. 24-year-old Nate P- uh, Nate Pearson from the T- Toronto Blue Jays. Hey, Kellen, I you're going to know who this guy is. Nate Pearson, 24 years old has a bright future in Major League Baseball. I mean, this guy in five games so far, that 16 strikeouts. But the fact is, he was a 2019 future game selection, was on the all-prospect team in 2018, and was voted a rising star in 2018. This guy also is a top-five prospect in Major League Baseball as of right now has a bright future in Toronto. And then the oldest guy on my list, but I think has a bright future ahead of him, is Tyler Glasnow from the Tampa Bay Rays. 27 years old, but in 2019, went 6-1, and an ERA below 2. Last year, during that run with Tampa Bay, went 5-1 and one and had 91 strikeouts on the year. And so far in 2021, he is 1-0, has an ERA below 5, uh, 0.46, and Tyler Glasnow has 29 strikeouts already on the season. So Tyler Glasnow could be the future ace of MLB, so that's why I have him on my list. So this is the sports angle. 
I'm your host, Rocco Rakelli. We are here Monday to Friday uh, here on Facebook Live. And go to our website, sportsangle.com, and check out all the content we have on there. So I'm your host, Rocco Rakelli. Follow me on social media, at Rocco Rakelli. And until next time, rock on, and we'll see you later. For the ones finding new ways to ensure the job always gets done. For the ones wearing many hats. For the ones who are hands-on, even from far away. And the ones keeping business moving forward. We are Granger, Offering supplies and solutions for every industry. With 24-7 support and experienced staff at over 250 local branches. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Your AC works overtime all summer, so be sure to replace your old air filters with new Filtry air filters. They recommend updating HVAC filters at least every three months all year round. So order your Filtry air filters today at Filtry.com. Let's clear the air.